Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Afyomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now at the beginning of the 22nd Perek. Uh, Perek Chavit Shinishbira. Uh, in Masachat Shabbat, Avchuf Mem Gimel Bet at the very top of the Amud. Uh, and this Perek is going to focus most of its attention on the issue of Sechita, which I wrote about in the uh, handout and the introductory piece. Chavit Shinishbira, Masinim Ena Shemazon Shalosudon. If a barrel broke, you could save three meals worth, as we saw back in the 16th parak, three meals worth of food from it. Well, could tell other people to do the same. And as we saw there, you can make a cheshbon with them afterwards. As long as you don't soak it up. You're not allowed to squeeze out fruit on Shabbat to get juice out. And if on their own they're dripping juice, you can't use it. Meaning, if this is food that was set aside for eating, and then the juice came out, I'd say, you're allowed to use the juice. But if they were set aside for, like, grapes for for uh, for pressing, then I'd say, then you're not allowed to. Let's say you have a honeycomb that you smashed on Erev Shabbat, and now the honey is coming out. Not a lot of benefit. You may. Okay, Tana, lo yispog bayayin. Now, an expansion on the first thing about the barrel that uh, broke. You shouldn't soak it up with its wine. b'shemen. Or to collect the shemen on your hands, and then to squeeze it off of there. Because that's how you would do it on a weekday. Tana, Rabbanan, pazubo peyrot pachatzer. Let's say you have a bunch of fruit fell into the chatzer. Meaning you can pick one up at a time you need it. <coughs> but don't put it into a basket. Not to do the same way you do b'chol. Okay, So Rabbi Yudah, who disagrees with the Chachamim about stuff that was set aside for food, he says, you agreed, that olives and grapes are typically set aside for their juices, not for their food. And therefore, anything that comes out is asur. Since they're always smashed, that's what your intention was. So that was Rabbi Yudah quoting Shmuel. Ula quoted Rab saying, He said that even olives and grapes could be mutar, depending on how they're set aside. And Rabbi Yochanan Amar, So it's clear from Rabbi Yochanan's statement that he agreed with Ula uh, that the machloket is across the board, because he said we rule like Rabbi Yehuda in any other fruit, but not Zetim Banavim. So now we can go back to Rabbi Yehuda, which was our first take, but now Rabbi has his take on it. That Rabbi Yehuda actually agreed with Chachamim about olives and grapes. And Chachamim agreed with Rabbi Yehuda about all other fruit that if it's lachilat smutar. Which means, of course, the big problem is, so where's the disagreement? So go look into it, you'll figure it out. So he said, They're disagreeing about berries and pomegranates, which are things that are typically not used for squeezing. The Tanya, Zetim Shemashachme and Shemen, the olives that you drew oil out of, the Anavim Shemashachme and Yain, or grapes that you drew wine out of, Echisan Ben Ochal Ben Mashkin, and you put them aside, uh, either to use them for their liquids or as food, 
That's awesome. But if you have berries that you got some juice out of, pomegranate wine, but pomegranate juice, and the food itself was put aside for food, you can benefit from that. But if it was put aside for liquid, or a default, undesignated, you cannot benefit from it. That's Rabbi Yehuda. So you see Rabbi Yehuda clearly saying that Zitim Vanavim are Asur. In any case, it's Asur. So Chachamim are clearly like Chachamim and Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda seems to be going in the direction of Shmuel, which is that he agreed about Zitim Vanavim, that they're Asur. First of all, does Rabbi Yehuda really think that an undesignated thing, we always prefer it or interpret it to the Isur. Fatnan, we have a Mishnah in Machshirim, Chalev HaIsha, meaning mother's milk. It's Metame whether or not she milked uh, intentionally or not. Because typically Mashkim only have importance if they're put there intentionally. Or once they're put there, you're happy about it. Chalev But animal milk is only the Ratzon. So Amr Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva turned to the author of that, which seems to be Rabbi Yehuda. Kal v'chomer, which would be the opposite. Mother's milk is only for little babies. And yet, it's metame, whether it came out intentionally. So animal milk that's for both uh, children and for adults. Animal milk could be cow's milk, could be goat's milk. Either way, no. We say that a mother's milk comes out even because after all, if she has a wound, her dam is also machshelatuma because that's called uh, that's called dam. So so yitame chalev habeima that should not apply to chalev beima shalolaratzon. That dam is not metame. So Amr Lahad, Rabbi Kiva said, I'm more machmer about milk than about dam. Your ruraya from dam doesn't really do anything for me. Why? After all, if you milk somebody for a fua, mother's lactating, it needs to be, uh, needs to be milked, uh, then the milk is tamay. But if you let blood lerfua, tahor. So chalav clearly, is more considered l'ratzon, or more metamet. The answer to Rabbi Kiva was, look at baskets of olives or grapes. If the juice comes out of them, intentionally it's tamay, and without intent it's tahor. That's the statement. Now the whole point of it was the end. My love, meaning l'ratzon, is t'nechalei, eshelotzon is t'mistamam, Meaning, l'ratzon means you wanted it, and shalaratzon means you had no no uh, designation whatsoever. So you see that stama is considered to be shalaratzon. Those things are typically squeezed. Shalaratzon v'loklum, and we said if it's shalaratzon, they have no impact. To team v'rimonim d'alav neschitaninu lokol shekain. So berries and pomegranates that aren't typically squeezed, certainly. Without any intent, it should be not like Mashkin. The answer is no, you're interpreting it wrong. Liratzon is Bistama. Liratzon is the default. 
That's when you actually said, I don't want this. But the default is the Ratzon. Since the baskets of olives and grapes that you have, so a little bit of juice that comes out of it, you know is going to get lost. And therefore, even Bistam is Shalol Ratzon. Okay. So we found now support for the claim that Rabbi Yudah agrees with the Rabbanan and that's in the above mentioned case. And how do you have support for the other claim of Shmuel that Rabbanan agreed with Rabbi Yudah about other fruit? Except for the berries and pomegranates we're going to put in the middle. You can uh, squeeze uh, prunes or quinces or um, or uh, these other fruit, these uzradin, avalobi rimonim, not pomegranates. And the house, this particular house, particular guy, they used to squeeze rimonim, b'chol. So that proves that that's the kind of thing you squeeze. Maybe that statement is Rabbi Yehuda. Who says the Rabbi agree here? I say you could squeeze out, let's say, prunes. Even if it is Rabbi only makes a statement about stuff that came out on its own. When did he ever say you could squeeze something on Shabbat? How would you answer it? Since prunes are never squeezed, you could squeeze them on Shabbat because that's not the normal way of doing things. So I feel the Rabbanon. Then, therefore, you can now include Rabbanon. Came into love and eschita ninu. I feel the chatchila. Since these are things that are not squeezed, so the chatchila and shvamina Rabbanon is shvamina, which means at the middle ground, the only area where they don't agree is about things that are occasionally squeezed, but not typically. So zitim vanavim that are just all about squeezing and getting the oil or wine out. Everybody agrees you can't do uh, prunes or quinces, which are never squeezed. You could do the chatchila. Everybody agrees. The question is berries and pomegranates because they're sometimes squeezed. <coughs> and now the mention about the pomegranates brought up the story about Beit Menashe Bar Menachem. So Nachman says a curious thing. He says the halacha follows them. His student said to him, Rabbi Menashe Bar Menachem Tana, who is that? He's just a guy. So how can you say halacha like him? Maybe you meant to say that halacha follows the Tana who subscribed to their behavior and said, Rimonim are typically squeezed. So just because he holds like him, that's the halacha? Are these guys rov ha'olam? One family that has a weird custom of squeezing pomegranates. That doesn't establish a minhag. The answer is in. Yes, it does. Did not. We have a Mishnah Kilaim. If you keep thorns in your in your vineyard, she says that's kilaim. Come say the only thing that aser that prohibits the vineyard as uh, what's called yikdash uh, shakerem is things that are typically kept around. Why did Rabbi say what he did? In the Arabian Peninsula, they keep thorns around the fields for their camels. So since there's an area where they have such a custom, it's considered to have universal impact. So the question is, are the two alike? 
This is one guy. So his opinion is nullified relative to everybody else. So therefore we can't say that. The reason that he Rav Nachman ruled that way is like Rav Chista. Rav Chista. Let's say you took some spinach and you squeezed it and put it in the mikvah. If it turns the the mikvah color differently, to the green probably, or blackish, then it invalidates the mikvah. Alright? But spinach things are never squeezed. So you see that even though they're never squeezed, the fact that you squeeze them makes them significant. Since you gave it significance, it becomes a mashka. Same thing here. Since these people, as an example, squeeze their pomegranates, pomegranates now become uh, pomegranate juice becomes a mashka and a tzchita. Papa mar mishum da'avid davar shen osim imenu mikvah lachatchil. It's a whole different reason here. It has nothing to do with tzchita. It has to do with the nature of spinach. Since spinach is something you can't make a mikvah out itself. There's a general rule about mikvot that any liquid that you cannot use to start it, to build a mikvah out of to start a mikvah as it were, if it goes into a mikvah and it changes its color, it invalidates it. So we have the Mishnah Nikvot. Let's say wine or vinegar or mochal, which is sort of a runoff of oil before the actual oil comes out of the olive, and change the color of the mikvah pasul. So Matan and Mochamashka, who is it who says that Mochal itself is a mashke? If it's not a mashke, it doesn't affect it. Rabbi Rabbi Yaakov, Tanya Rabbi Yaakov, Amer, Mochal, Areu Kamashke, he said it. Matan Amru Mochal, Yetzavit Chilat Tahor. So Rabbi Yaakov now has to contend with the fact that we rule <coughs> that the first oil that comes out of the olive is Tahor. If it's a mashke, it should not be Tahor. The answer is the Fishinot Sebekumo, because the answer is the guy doesn't want it. The guy would rather it stay in and would mix when you're making the oil. So because he doesn't want it, so it's Tahor. Rabbi Shimon disagrees with Rabbi Yaakov and says, Mochal Eno Kamashke. So then he has to contend with the following rule. Mochal, it comes from the big wheel at the press, is Tameh. The answer is, It's not possible to have that without a little bit of Shemen. It's kind of like... Uh, uh, Zav Shirah Keri, because there's gotta be some Ziva in there also. So there's gonna be some real oil in there. So my Benayu, where do they disagree? Benayu, da'ati batar itzta. If after squeezing it out, then the mochal comes. Then according to Biakov, it's Tameh, and according to Shimon, it's not. He says the issue of mochal is not because it's a mashke, but simply any, any liquid that cannot be used to make a mikveh, they cannot be used to make a mikveh out of, if it changes the color of the mikveh, it is posel. Okay, we'll stop at this point, we'll pick it up, continuing with our investigation of the laws of Schita, in the middle, in the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.